Good morning, church. My name is Jeremy Hetzel. I'm the director of student ministries here at Family of Christ. And happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. For any of you dads out there, I just want to take a minute before we started the message to thank you. Being a dad is not an easy thing, but it's a joyous thing. Research has shown in plenty of different ways that the power of a father who's present and loves his kids, is there for them, is patient and kind, is incredibly powerful. And so please know that we love you and we encourage you and we support you. And I know you will experience today how much your families love you. I get to go to Battlefield, Colorado today and play laser tag. <laughs> Outdoor military grade laser guns. Super awesome. Uh, by the way, side announcement, if, I think we have like 10 spots left open. So if you want to go, dads, sons, talk to me afterwards. Anyway, so please just know that we are incredibly thankful for you and all that you do for your families and the love you share with them. Today, we are starting our second, it's the second week of our series on James. Last week, Mark introduced um, the series that'll go 13 weeks. This is week two of going through the book of James. And last week, he talked about pain and trials and how God uses those for our good, even though it's horrible to go through. So as I was preparing for today's message, I found this quote that I wanted to share. A smooth sea never made a skillful sailor. A smooth sea never made a skillful sailor. And I thought that was a great, succinct way of recognizing trials are a blessing to us, even if they're not fun, but they challenge us, grow us, and strengthen us. So today, we are going to study and think about a specific type of trial that is difficult, that we all endure and face. And to introduce that, I want to show a clip from a movie that will kind of show you how this trial that we endure, sometimes on a regular daily basis, the process it goes through. Go ahead. So you may be wondering, why on earth did Jeremy show Despicable Me 2? I love animated movies. And I'm just going to tell you, just get used to it. As long as I'm up here, you will have chances to see that. Um, when I watch that clip, the first thing that comes to mind is, man, temptation sucks. Temptation sucks. Um, ba-doom, 
I'll be here all night. Um, so really, when I watch that clip, it tells me three things about how temptation works in the process. First off, it catches our attention. Just like the ice cream truck grows around and it just, parents are like trying to like push their kids inside before they hear it. Like the music goes off and kids go running. You hear it, you see it, it catches your attention. Anything that tempts us makes us want it and, and is flashy enough to make us go, ooh, I want that. And then second, it encourages us to pursue it. The world kind of just says, well, it's not that big a deal. It's fun, it's nice, it's enjoyable, it's good for you. Whatever that temptation might be, it encourages us to pursue it. And then it takes us places we never wanted to go. It takes us places we never wanted to go. And when you watch that clip, the minions, they didn't know what they were getting into. And all of a sudden, they are imprisoned by the thing that they thought was going to bring them joy. That's how temptation works. So when we think about temptation, we recognize there's a lot of things outside of us and inside of us that can bring temptation, right? So there's things outside. There's food that we wanna eat that we know we shouldn't eat. Maybe there's movies or TV shows, pictures, things media-wise that we know we shouldn't see that we see or we listen to. There's monetary things. There's things that we want. There's things in our life that we wanna be able to show off that we are tempted to pursue. And then there's things inside of us. There's things where we are just tempted to be angry. Maybe we're just having a bad day and we are enjoying being angry. Anyone ever enjoyed being angry? Sometimes that happens, right? You're just like, mm, I'm mad and I like it. And you just wanna continue being mad. Or maybe you're selfish. Or maybe you are bitter about something and you're just tempted to stay in that state. Okay, so there's things outside of us that tempt us, there's things inside of us that tempt us. So before we dig into scripture today, I wanted to take a moment and pray and ask the Lord to reveal to us if there's any area of our life right now where we are struggling with temptation, then we need to know. Because I don't want this just to be a message that you hear and then praise God, yay Jesus, and let's go, but, but I really want it to strike you where God might want to strike you. So please join me for a moment of prayer and please pray specifically about, Lord, is there any temptation that I'm facing that I need to recognize? Let's pray. Lord, we come before you as broken people recognizing that Satan is out there, the world is out there, our flesh is around us, leading us, tempting us, trying to get us to go places we don't want to go. And so Lord, in this moment, I ask that you would speak to our hearts and help us recognize areas of our lives where we need you to show up and where temptation is at the door. Amen. Now, as we're going through James, today we are in James chapter one. So if you have your Bibles and you want to pull those out, if you have phones, um, you can use those as well. We are in James chapter one, verse 12. We're going to go 12 through 18 today, and those are the verses we're going to look at. So I'm going to read it through once and then hit some of the verses again a second time. So verse 12, starting there, chapter one of James. Blessed is the man who perceives un perseveres under trial. 
because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when by his own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. All right, so we're going to go back to verse 12 and then work our way through these verses. Blessed is the man who perceives, perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Trials, they're a part of life. They're a struggle, they're a pain. We have to deal with them. They happen. And just like the proverb that I shared at the beginning about a, a calm sea never made a skillful sailor, God allows temptations in our lives, these trials, to grow us and stretch us. And when we persevere, when we have stood the test, we receive the crown of life. So let's persevere. Verse 13. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. That's obvious. God is perfect, holy, just. He's not going to tempt us. But it doesn't say if tempted. It says when tempted. And so I know we all recognize at different points in our lives, we've been tested through temptation very strongly. And sometimes it's a lot. And other times it seems to calm and go away. But it's going to come and it doesn't stop. Verse 14. But each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he is dragged away and enticed, just like the minions. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Temptation can lead to death. A lot of times, we kind of want to play around with temptation. Oh, it's, it's not a big deal. It's just a small little thing. It's not hurting anyone. Temptation leads to death. And it may not be a physical death right in that moment. Adam and Eve didn't experience a physical death right in that moment. But it can be a spiritual death. It can be a slow or a very quick separating from God. He doesn't want that. I pray you don't want that. Temptation can lead to death. Don't play with it. I'll start at verse 15 again. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. God has given us so much good. Think about the things that you enjoy on a daily basis that are God-honoring, the relationships you have with your family, just gifts of this world, friendships, comforts of home, lots of different things that God has blessed you with, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all the gifts of God. Why are you pursuing these other things? These things that don't honor God, that take you places you don't want to go. Don't pursue those. Look at all the gifts God has given. Verse 18. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. God wants us to live differently. God wants us to live in such a way that we are different from the world. The first fruits of a new person that doesn't fall to temptation the way that other people who don't know Christ do. 
So how do we get there? How do we get to a point where we can live, face, see, push off temptation, stand against temptation, when sometimes we feel like we fall into it time and time and time again? Because I recognize that there's times in our life or areas of our lives that we just recognize that we feel defeated even when we think about it. We just, I'm gonna fall again. Like, this is just who I am. This is how God made me. I'm a sinner. God doesn't want that for us. He wants us to live a life that is God-honoring to him. So, first off, we have to change our environment, okay? Um, When I was a youth pastor at Holy Cross Lutheran Church here in town, I had a student, um, so this was 10 years ago, and I had a student that was in high school, and he informed me one day, just when we were having some time together, that he struggled mightily with things he knew he shouldn't do when he got home from school and no one else was there, okay? So parents working, um, brother doing some sports stuff or whatever, he's home alone. And he did stuff, looked at things that he was very much ashamed of, um, embarrassed by, didn't want to continue struggling with, knew it was wrong, but just didn't know what to do. He's a teenager. Um, some common struggles, and he was just fit to be tied. And so the first thing that I told him to do was, dude, change your environment. Do you have to be home after school alone? You could go to the library. You could go hang out with a friend. You could go to Sonic. Like, Sonic has happy hour. (laughs) Um, Which is awesome. You could do any of those things and not be at home. Now, to make that choice, he had to choose to tell his parents because his parents were going to be like, why aren't you ever home now? I'm at the library. Why Why are you at the library? Hitting the books, mom. Hitting the books. No, he needed to be honest and share the struggle he was having, but he needed to change his environment. Philippians, Philippians chapter four, four through eight says this. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. And again, that's a reminder from what Mark spoke about last week about joy and having joy in the midst of trials. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. If you recognize that you are regularly being tempted in certain ways at certain times in certain situations and it's not causing you to think about what's true or noble or right or pure or lovely or admirable or praiseworthy, then you have to change your environment and you have to ask God to help you change your thoughts. But the stuff that's around us affects our thoughts. So let's be wise about the circumstances we put ourselves in so that we are not dealing with the same temptations over and over. Change your environment. Second, you need to stand on the truth. Stand on the truth. Now the question is, what's the truth? 
What truth am I supposed to stand on? Go to Romans chapter 6. And as you're flipping there, we're going to read Romans 6, verse 6, and a couple others. Please remember, Romans 6 is an incredible chapter of the Bible. And if you haven't read it in a while, I encourage you this week sometime just to read it. Because the truth in there is incredibly profound and incredibly freeing for us in our daily lives, in our daily walks with Christ. Romans chapter 6, verse 6. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. We are no longer slaves to sin. We are no longer slaves to sin. We are no longer slaves to sin. Do we understand that? We are no longer slaves to sin. All too often, like I said a moment ago, I feel like we just get wrapped up into, I'm a sinner. I'm going to struggle this way my whole life. And I know that sometimes God leaves struggles in our lives just like he did with Paul so that we continue to go to God as our, as our rock, the one we depend on. But there's plenty of other sins that God does not want in our life that we do not have to be slaves to. We're not slaves to sin. He can change us and transform us. When Christ died for us, he did two incredibly important things. First, he paid for our sins as the Lamb of God. He paid for those sins. Those sins are gone. We do not have to pay the penalty. Praise Jesus. We don't have to do that. But from that moment forward, are we still sinners? We still sin. We still make mistakes. I tell students sometimes, we are, or used to be, sin factories. That's what we produced. We were good at it. We produced sin. And then God came into our life and changed us and transformed us. We learned to be dependent on him and we started to live differently. We are not slaves to sin. We are not slaves to sin. If there's anything from the little bit of time that I'm up here today that you remember besides the minions is we are no longer slaves to sin. Remember that because when we stand on that truth, when we are feeling tempted and we can go, Satan, I'm no longer a slave to sin. I don't have to fall to that temptation. I don't have to, because I'm not a slave anymore. Now, I can choose to fall to that, and sometimes we make that choice, but I'm not a slave. I don't have to obey. Sin is not my master anymore. And we read that in Romans. We'll start at 11, chapter 6, verse 11. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, reckon yourselves dead to sin, know that you are dead to sin, but alive in God, in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been bought, brought from death to life and offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. For sin shall not be your master because you are not under the law, but under grace." So first off, temptation is gripping you and you see it regularly. Change your environment. Change stuff. Then learn to stand on his truth. 
Stand on his truth and believe it. Ask God to help you believe it. Believe it. Third, look to God for help. This seems pretty obvious. Look to God for help. Go to 1 Corinthians 10. We're going to read from verse 11. 1 Corinthians 10, we're going to do 11 through 13. These things happened to them as examples. So, leading up to this, Paul is talking to the Corinthian church about the Israelites and how they did stuff, and then it takes like four or five verses and says all the ways they failed, which they failed plenty. They failed a lot, just like us. So they fail in all these different ways. They do poorly in all these different ways, and then Paul says in verse 11, these things happened to them, the Israelites, as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the fulfillment of the ages has come. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. Don't get too proud. Don't think, I've got this covered. I beat that temptation. It's done. Don't just stand on your own strength. Don't believe in yourself. Don't believe you've gotten it all beat. So if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation, verse 13, no temptation has seized you except that which is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. God always provides a way out. Always provides a way out. I think there's a lot of times, especially with like pet sins, we don't want to find the way out. We're very content with, well, I struggle with this temptation that we always fall to. God always provides a way out. You are no longer slaves to sin. You do not have to go where you do not want. God provides a way out. So, <clears throat> my encouragement as I wrap up. Change your environment. Stand on the truth that you're no longer a slave. Look to God for help. And if you recognize that you are not looking to God for help, then ask God to create in you a clean heart. Lord, make in me a clean heart so that I want to find the way out. So I want to not fall to that sin. Help me want to live the life you want me to. Amen. If you would rise, we now have an opportunity to join with generations past as we say the words of the Nicene Creed. So please join me. We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried and on the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead 
whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.